You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hello, and welcome to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversations beyond Sunday morning. I'm Jared, host of the podcast and worship coordinator for Citrus Church. Since last week's episode was delayed, I wanted to double things up this week. Rather than releasing one episode this week and waiting another two weeks for the next, I felt it'd be best to release this episode alongside episode 15. Hopefully you've had a chance to listen to it because we're picking up where we left off. But before I get too far ahead of myself, a quick update. Ryan is beginning a new sermon series entitled Downtime. Summer officially began last Monday, and summer always brings various amounts of downtime. Summer usually brings us the opportunity to rest and sort of gather ourselves. And the purpose of this series is to show us how even Jesus needed downtime and how we can apply new practices when we get a moment of peace. This past Sunday sermon was about big decisions, and we saw how Jesus went off by himself and prayed before choosing his disciples. We also see how silence and solitude create a space that allows our prayers to take shape, and it enables us to hear what God is calling us to do. Downtime also gives us a chance to think, but due to our human nature, we may turn to thoughts of what's not going as we'd like, what's wrong, or what's not fair, which reminds me of something I read recently. If you're unfamiliar with Richie Havens, I'll give you some background. Richie Havens is a folk singer best known for being the opening act at Woodstock back in 1969. He wasn't supposed to be the first to play, but due to him arriving at his hotel on time and a majority of the bands being stuck in the traffic with the remainder afraid to go on, he gave in and went out first, playing for four hours until more bands could arrive. Richie Havens grew up in Brooklyn, and in the early to mid-60s, he moved to Greenwich Village and became an artist, drawing portraits until the folk music scene overwhelmed him and he picked up an acoustic guitar to sing some of the great songs he was hearing. While maintaining an active music career, he also became an advocate for peace and education. In his book, They Can't Hide Us Anymore, Richie Havens recounts when a friend asked him to come and sing a few songs for a class. Upon arrival, Richie Havens found out that the class was for children with handicaps and disabilities. A teacher told him not to worry if the kids didn't pay attention while he sang. Another said the kids had short attention spans and wouldn't pay attention very long. In addition to the students, there were about 20 teachers who came to watch him play for the kids. He decided to treat the kids like he would treat any other audience. And as he prepared, he talked to the kids about how he learned to play guitar and how he learned to sing the songs he sung. And the kids responded and laughed in the same way his audience usually did. For 20 minutes, the kids sang along to every song. The teachers were shocked. Some even cried. And believe it or not, Havens became angry. After he had finished, his friend and some of the teachers surrounded him, asking how he was able to hold the kids' attention for so long. Richie Havens was upset, and he said, and I do quote, All I did is what we all should be doing. We need to pay more attention to them. He glared at the two teachers that spoke to him before he started playing, and he continued, It isn't their attention span that's short. All of us need to look at our attention span for them. We all need to listen better to what they want us to hear. In his book, he goes on to talk about how so many people tell us that people with disabilities can't learn or communicate with the rest of us. But Havens feels, given the opportunity with 
a little more effort from our side of the situation, all is possible. Now, what made Richie Havens upset was that these teachers projected these images onto these kids and they just weren't true. Before meeting them, these kids were portrayed as being unattentive daydreamers, but that didn't match what Havens experienced. As he put it, there was no disconnect. There was complete, total involvement, the closest and most natural form of communication in the world. A child even came up and hugged him as he sang. Richie Havens didn't feel it was fair for these teachers to make these claims about the kids when these teachers didn't try to get on their kids' attention spans. It wasn't right for these teachers and even his friends to say these kids wouldn't pay attention when they had never tried getting on the same level with the kids in the first place. It wasn't fair. Nowadays, this strikes a different chord for us. The concept of fairness has evolved from the meaning we learned as children. In a world where we strive for equal opportunity and justice, fairness now represents more than just making sure everybody gets a turn. True fairness is making sure everyone is treated equally and that everyone has equal opportunity to succeed along with equal rights. Long before our modern pushes for fairness, the teacher that speaks as the voice of Ecclesiastes saw how unfair the world could really be. Throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, the teacher talks of various forms of unfairness that he saw around him, and quite frankly, we see those today. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 16, the teacher says, I also observed under the sun there is a wickedness at the place of judgment, and there is wickedness at the place of righteousness. Here he is referring to our places of judgment on earth, our courtrooms and other places where we seek justice. Philip Ryken, author of Why Everything Matters, the Gospel of Ecclesiastes, points out that the teacher's frustration is that injustice often goes unpunished. You've probably thought of your own examples of injustice going unpunished, so I don't need to list anything. In chapter 4, the teacher says, again, I observed all the acts of oppression being done under the sun. Look at the tears of those who are oppressed. They have no one to comfort them. Power is with those who oppress them. They have no one to comfort them. Reichen puts it this way. There are two kinds of people in the world, the oppressed and their oppressors. He goes on to acknowledge that all too often we see... He goes on to acknowledge that all too often what we see is what the teacher saw. Righteous people dying before their time while their enemies keep on living. Godly pastors are martyred for their faith while their persecutors live to terrorize the church another day. Innocent victims get cut down in the prime of their life, yet their attackers never get caught, and it's just not fair. However, the teacher doesn't stop there, with his feelings for unfairness. In chapter 7, he sums it all up with this verse. Consider the work of God, for who can straighten out what he has made crooked? Something being crooked means anything that goes on in our lives that we wish we could change, but can't. There are a number of things around us that we probably wish were different. Situations we wish had gone different. Maybe that promotion should have been ours. Or, you know, we treat our vehicles very well. We shouldn't have to deal with this car problem we're having. We may wish we were subject to different circumstances instead of the ones we have to deal with. Meanwhile, we may see someone else dealing with their own problems that appear to be easier to handle than the ones we're dealing with, prompting us to say, that's not fair. 
A couple of years ago, Brian did a sermon series called Half Truths that talked about sayings we've heard throughout our faith that are only half true, if even that. In that series, Brian did a sermon on why we suffer. I may have to convince Brian to do a refreshed take on that series. Brian, if you're listening, you should do a refreshed take on that series. The point that Brian made was there's no easy answer as to why we suffer or why we're faced with unfair circumstances. In his book, Riken says one of the deepest longings of our human heart is to see an end to all unfairness. However, through all our troubles, the sovereignty of God gives us hope through all the trials we face. Now, there's one thing we all know, but we never truly consider. In the previous parts of this study, I've talked about how Jesus came down and lived life alongside us, experiencing some of the same things we face. Not only was our Savior subject to unfairness throughout his ministry, when Jesus was arrested and brought to the place of justice at his time, there was no justice for him at all. No fairness. Jesus faced the crook in his lot, the cross. He prayed for an alternative, but ultimately faced the cross knowing there was no other way, rising on the third day and cleansing us of our sins. Acknowledging that Jesus also faced unfairness gives us some hope. God's plan is still at work in the unfair situations we face, and he is working through us as we face our crooked lot. To once again quote Philip Ryken, we must trust that our God will straighten everything out in his own time. To wrap things up, I hope you found this episode to be useful in some way. I believe I will be doing a conclusion episode to Ecclesiastes to finish things up. Hopefully you found the book to be helpful or enlightening as we've gone through it. I have surely learned a lot. Definitely learned a lot of new things. We also have a new thing. Well, new for us. Coming up this Sunday. As a way to celebrate the 4th of July and connect with one another, we will be having a potluck after worship. We will be meeting at Summer Lake Park next to the Grove House. The space will also be open for those needing restroom breaks or just breaks from the sun. And for more information, check out the Citrus Church Grove Facebook page. And if you haven't joined there yet, you can do that as well. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.